Welcome to Urbane Legends, the hottest podcast on the internet, uh, full stop, but especially about Urbane Legends. I am the eldritch god, Raktuna, and I live in the moon. And with me, as always, is a man making waves, climbing very high up the tree at the Frankfurt Stock Exchange. It is Mr. Neil Herbert. Hi Neil, how are you doing? Yeah, good, thank you. Good. Yeah. Have you got any uh, got any tips tips for an old uh, old Eldritch God like me that I could? I mean, I don't mind a long term investment, obviously. Um, yeah, I've got some. I've got some uh, cryptocurrency. I'd like to sell you. Yeah. Very nice. Wise, wise. It's a wise, wise investment. investment. Yeah. Wise. If you want to be making, you want to be making big, big returns, then that's what well, I'd. Uh, what I want to do is spend my uh, streaming money slash uh, influencer money on cryptocurrency because uh, I'm well-appointed mentally to be able to get my head around cryptocurrencies. I I would suggest, yeah, you want to get your your bucks invested in Herbatarium. It's something you're (laughs) in on the ground floor. Herbatarium? Yeah. Is that that the new cryptocurrency? Cryptocurrency, yeah. You want to get in on the ground floor here. It's going to be... You're not going to be able to afford it in in weeks, I would say. How how much is uh, Herbatier? I mean, in, it's, it, it's currently it's currently valued in negative figures. Negative figures. But you, no, you, you know, I, I think you could, you could snatch it up for uh, for a few pence per, per coin at the moment. But uh, as I say, you know that's gonna it's gonna go through the roof. It's like and, Bitcoin. You want to get in there early. And the thing which is important to me is is it attached to the gold standard? Right, we're going to have to take the conversation about what cryptocurrency is offline. I mean, it's, it's as good as it's as good as it's better than that. It's got like a electronic um, gold standard called an NFT. It, does it act, does it actually have a blockchain behind it, or is it just a massive con like that um, woman did to loads of people where they didn't even have a blockchain? It was just nonsense. I'm hurt, I'm hurt by the suggestion that I just, you're right. I'm, I'm just sorry. make something up. I'm sorry. Yeah, I've got to do my job. You ask for a tip, you know. You, you don't live in you don't live in the moon for two billion years without learning a thing or two. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> so, uh, apart from cryptocurrency, anything else? Any good futures? Maybe uh, some uh, arms manufacturers. They're normally yeah, quite good the, you know, tobacco arms manufacturers. I mean, Ru- Russia, Russia are ramping it up at the moment, aren't they? So yeah. you would think yeah. that, that you know stocks might rise in Raytheon or whatever. Don't worry about it. Never got weapons. Never got style. There's <laughs> <laughs> some little dictatorship somewhere that wants some, some more. Don't, don't you worry. <laughs> the thirst for power never goes out of style. It's like a. I like to call that the little black dress of geopolitical. <laughs> Absolutely. Geopolitics. Um, so uh, I believe that we are going to be looking at quite a famous one today. I've certainly heard of it. There's a. There's a BBC uh, podcast series about it. I'll be honest, probably didn't need a series. It's a little bit dull, but, you know, if that's your thing. There's there's quite a bit. Uh, um, Neil, what are we looking at? So today we're going to be looking, as you say, it's quite a big one. We're looking at the Enfield Haunting. So I didn't realise there'd been a podcast series on it. But, yeah, there's been... um, well, to be honest with you, it was in the papers for a good 12 months back in the 70s. Um, and there's been a, the BBC series with, uh, I think it had, uh, what's name, Timothy Spall in it. Right. Um, there's a, a movie that they made. Um, so this is cool. one of those conjuring movies that, uh, you know, based on real events. Oh, really? Mm. And it's, uh, you know, a book written about it by our, our friends, the Warrens, who we, we met during the Emptyville Horror. So is this one of, would you say this is the most famous poltergeist thing? It's definitely the most famous British poltergeist thing, and apparently it may be the most, one of the most covered ones that's ever happened. And it's, it's the one that has the most documented evidence. Right. For, for want of a given use of that word. And so my um, understanding of a poltergeist is it's a ghost that uh, moves shit about and can sometimes be a bit violent. Would that be would that 
be your definition of them. Yeah, that seems about reasonable. Yeah, um, yeah, they generally get up to a bit of havoc, don't they, and start moving stuff around. But they don't. Um, <clears throat> but they're not. Well, they don't. They don't inhabit someone else, do they? They're, they're doing their own thing. Like I've seen some. I'm, I've seen some like pictures of poltergeist stuff where, like, basically loads of chairs and stuff have been stacked up towards a roof. That kind of. Oh, to be honest with you, I'm not sure how robust the taxonomy of <laughs> parapsychology is. I'm not sure they've got like a linear thing, you know, like in biology. So I don't, you know, I don't know how well prescribed the whole poltergeist, whether that's just a term people use and do how you, well that's. Pres- do you think that they're just really into feng shui? Could that be it? Could they? Could it be the ghost of kind of um, quite snotty interior designers? who don't like how you've got your house set out. Go, oh, no. It's got really forceful about the fact that you have, have to haunt. Home. I'm going to have to haunt this cupboard over to the other corner because it really opens up the room. Could that be you it? Know, it could, it's one possibility. It's you know, possibility. Let's, I'll tell you what, let's, 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 look, at, let's look at some of the, uh, the occurrence and, uh, mm. and some of the facts before we dive into some potential right. um, possibilities. But, but yeah, you know, let's plenty on put this, that one on. There? There's, there is, there is. I mean, there's an awful lot of material, um, and there's, you know, quite often when we come to these things, you know, it'll be well. I heard that so and so said such and such a thing happened to such such and such a person, you know, somebody have somebody. But actually, all of this is quite well documented. It's all happened in a kind of like a suburban kind of um, a council yeah. house. Enfield, for people who don't know, is on the outskirts of North London. Yeah, and this was on the. Green Road, I think. Is it Green Street? Um, no, that's where the football thugs go. Oh, I imagine there must be more than one, because, yeah, that's in West Ham, isn't it? <laughs> um, okay, so we'll, we'll start off with, um, as I say, there's, there's a lot more um, documented um, a documentation of this. And it was so, documented in the British tabloids, I believe, so there's your, well, your mark of quality. I tell you what, I've got a story <laughs> from the Daily Mirror coming up for you. Ooh. So I haven't gone back and got the originals from the... Uh, 1970s, but here's a um, a story from 2016. Um, it ties in with the with the with the f- the film that was coming out, Conjuring Two: The End of Poltergeist. Um, and actually, it was the Daily Mirror who covered a lot of the story and got some of the photographic evidence of uh, of the occurrence. Right. So, uh, what's that a minute? So let's, let's let's just go through that and see what see what the Daily Mirror has to say because they they were they were present at a lot of the. Um, well, there was there were some photojournalists, some mirror reporters who were present there when the whole thing kicked off. So two sisters who were apparently terrorised by a poltergeist of children have returned to the scene of the haunting for the first time in 40 years. They were 13 and 11, respectively, in 1977, when there was a series of unexplained disturbances at their home, including disembodied voices and levitation of the girls. Mm-hmm. Evidence on record is one of the most dramatic incidences of supposed poltergeist activity and has been retold in films and books. So they mentioned the fact that it was in that TV drama, The Infield Yeah, Matthew McFadden and Timothy Spall. And I, so, was, so levit- the girls were levitating and apparently they heard voices. Is that the extent of it? Oh, no, there's, 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 oh, there's more than that. We'll, don't worry, we'll, we'll, we'll come on. There's actually quite, there's quite a bit, I think, went on for a best part of a, a year or two. Um, Persistent. So this, this, this article just talks about, you know, how that, they were interviewing the, the girls who were now on this sort of, um, or they'd be in their uh, late 50s now. This was back in 2016, I think this article was written. Um, but they're, thank, they're sort of talking. Thank goodness they survived. Yes. It all died down after a couple of years. So we had a, a chest of drawers shuffling and moved towards the doors. <laughs> I, I see, I see you. I see you already um, demonstrating some skepticism there, Chris. Um, what one particular day I was seen levitating. Mm. Um, they had an emotional. So anyway, they had an emotional meeting uh, as the film was coming out with the demonologist Lorraine Warren. Now in her nineties, for the first time she came so to the UK. Appointed demonologist for this thing. She's she's uh, yes. Or did she go to demonology college? I don't, yeah, I don't. Again, I don't know how you uh, how you become a, uh, a licensed. Maybe it's like a private eye. You just sort of pay for the license. Then it's maybe or a bounty hunter. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, you could worry. You could be a double bounty hunter. So, I mean, but to be fair, okay, so 1977, they have, so there's a, there's a single mum and she's grown up. She had four kids, um, two boys, two girls. I believe the boys were 
away at school or something. There was sort of saying some of the stuff was happening. But nobody really gets too much into it because it mostly seems to focus around the um, the two girls, especially the, um, the youngest daughter, Janet. So the, the mother starts sort of, sort of getting all of this strange knocking noises and furniture moving across the room of its own free will. Um, and to be fair, she did actually um, call the police. Mm. So, you know, you'll get with quite a lot of this. Why, you know, why is anything happening? So the mother sort of didn't, couldn't really figure out what was going on. She was trying to sort of, well, okay, it's something that the girls are doing. She's, she's called the police, got that man. Um, and a one of the, the police officers, police constable, said that she saw a chair wobble and slide but could not determine the cause of the movement. Ooh. Just moved by itself. So you've got, you know, independent police claim that there was something, but they didn't, they didn't claim it was paranormal or anything, but uh, you know, they did see something. A bit strange. But, um, well, that's unusual, isn't it, that you would have, I mean, uh, you know, someone in what? should be a trusted profession, although, you know, that's questionable these days, but I was, well, and in the 70s and all the way back. But um, <laughs> but someone, you know, a professional person, said, like, saying that they've seen something as well, that's, yeah, no, that's absolutely. very unusual. You know, so, so there's, you know, there's, there's, some, there's some bits and pieces here. It's, you know, there's some interest here. Um, and then... There were, there, were, there were various people, so over a period of 18 months, more than 30 people, including neighbours, psychic researchers and journalists, said they variously saw heavy furniture moving at its own accord, objects being thrown across the room, and the daughter seeming to levitate several feet off the ground. Many also heard, and they've got recordings of knocking noises and a gruff voice. The story was... <laughs> yeah. The story was covered in the Daily Mirror until reports came to an end in 1979. Um, so, so, yeah, what, what seems to have happened is... There's been a bit of activity that's gone on. Mm. She's called the police because she doesn't really understand, you know, the, the matter, you know, what's going yeah. on. Um, they've just come around and done a quick investigation. Couldn't really, I mean, it doesn't really say what sort of happened most of them. But then uh, a bunch of, you know, this has then got the press involved. And um, and then you've got a load of paranormal researchers have um, have got involved as well. And they seem to be split between, you know, some of them who think they're making up and some of them who are, uh, who are a bit more... Bit more sort of believed it, believing a bit, yeah. So the the main kind of psychic researchers that they they were two people from the Society for Physical Research, no psychical research, excuse me, Society for Psychical Research, uh, Maurice Gross and a guy Leon Playfair reported curious whistling and barking noises coming from Janet's general direction. What could cause that? <laughs> And a per- a, it's a pervy portal, guys. Then it could be, yeah. So, and the, after after they've sort of come in, you, you've had the, the chat from the mirrors, or actually, I think the chat from the mirror might have come in beforehand. So he he also um, he put like some, uh, some sort of set up some some camera things. So I've also got a series of photos right. of uh, of the girls levitating. So you might want to see one of these these pictures, Chris. I don't know if you can. Uh, if you do yourself a, a googling of the Enfield poltergeist, and you know, for any of our listeners at home, just you know, have a look, have a quick image search of Google. You'll see some of the, um, you'll see a picture in the in the mirror as well. Let's have a little look. See, uh, so I mean, is, is it the one where she's wearing red? Yeah, she's wearing red. I mean, it and... does. I mean, it does look like she's jumping. Yes, <laughs> entirely. <laughs> All of the pictures, it very much does look like they're either falling out of bed or just jumping from the bed. They're literally, that's the action of jumping, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> Hands down, you kind of like hairs in the air. But uh, yeah, got knee, knees up. It's not like she's on her. It's not like she's in like a lying down position and then kind of floating above the bed. She's just having a jump. Yeah, that's certainly or, what it looks like. Poles of this. I want you to notice the uh, the David Solve uh, posters on yeah. the wall as well. Yeah, I know. That's what I was just looking at those. <laughs> Interestingly, they didn't form. So, for some reason, in the uh, the Conjuring movie, they decided to replace that by like about twenty crucifixes, right? Rather than all, all the better for being turned upside down. That spooky moment. Well, I've heard that David Soul can act as a ward against poltergeists. That's that's yeah. just one 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 thing which I read on his um, on his website. <laughs> Well, it's clearly not working too well in this instance, is it? Well, she's just having a jump because they've come round. She put up, the, she was levitating, 
They put up the David Soul posters, the mirror birds and game rounds. Can't levitate anymore. So I'll just have a, I'll just jump off the bed. Yeah. <laughs> if you got to that point where you'd probably sort of quite enjoy it, wouldn't you? That would be quite yeah. scary at first. And you'd be like, this is good. It's almost like the power of flight. Well, exactly. That'd be great. It'd be like, um, Thanks, Ghost. If only if only someone had done that to Jeff Bezos, he wouldn't have needed to fire a silver penis into the sky. This is true. Yeah. He could have just had his little had his little float about in his his bedroom, provided he didn't have any David Soul posters up, which I know for a fact that he does. Yeah. Because he's terrified of poltergeists, of course. Well he's been into space now. Do you think a bit like I don't know if you've ever seen Gene when you get those People that just float around in the in midair. Do you think you might get one of those anti-gravity packs or something? That'll be his next thing. So he can just hover like about three foot off the ground in front of all this stuff. I mean, put it past you know, him, you'd you? need a you need a room temperature superconductor for that, and we're a, we're a ways from that now. Or a jetpack. Well, jetpacks not got really levitating, is it? It's sticking two smaller silver penises onto your back or arms and firing yourself. Sounds like, sounds like, sounds like job done. I think that'd be too dangerous for him, wouldn't it? Possibly. Possibly. Prepared to get up to space, I'm sure. Should be up for a bit of a hovering. No. Maybe you could get like a a miniature helicopter thing, like Inspector Gadget. (laughs) Coming out of a top hat or something. Yeah. Yeah. A steampunk top hat. <laughs> oh, God, you had steampunk. <laughs> he could have his aviator goggles on. could have a little little chimney out the side. I mean, uh, the, the thing is that um, Inspector Gadget, you know, he had reinforced spine, didn't they? I, I imagine that would be havoc on you. Yeah, I think he was made mostly of metal, wasn't he? Pretty much. Yeah. His, um... What's the backstory to Inspector Gadget? Was he like Robocop? <laughs> yeah, it was just was... like some guy who got gunned down in the streets of Detroit and they just turned him into like some fucking oh, wacky it. animatronic. That's exactly it. If you watch the if you watch the pilot, it's yeah, very, the pilot's quite harrowing. It's very, it's very <laughs> kinetic and visceral. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, he gets um he gets he gets murdered by the triads. And um they they have to rebuild him. Yeah, it got more inspector Clouseau as it went on. They, they yeah. realised the comedic premise. Well, there were, the thing is, there wasn't the there wasn't the market for adult animation that there is now back then. So they went the, after the pilot. They went, look, we like we like the idea, but if we tone it down, if we tone it down a lot, and I mean a lot, then maybe we could sell this to kids. But we need to it's tone the, it down a lot. It's the natural way, isn't it? Because it's like what happened to RoboCop. You know, but a third movie, he was just like flying around, entertaining the kids. <laughs> nah, 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 nary a kneecap getting blown out I could say <laughs> PG-13 nonsense shenanigans anyway well that's what happened with Freddy Krueger as well like it started yeah. out as a terrifying film and then like, I remember by the time I was kind of aware of him and a kid like you used to be able to get like toys of him there was a cartoon I think do you know <laughs> even yeah. it's like, it's like, it's like, we're, we're, like you look at it and go oh we're well uh, uh, um, uh, a, a paedophile who murders kids in I was going to say, it's that's like a, a good, that's a, we could market that to kids. He looks cool. <laughs> He's got some quips, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That yeah, that's was always one of the, one of the more odd um, aspects of the Freddy Krueger story that you kind of think would, yeah, it suits the kind of like original film, but uh, yeah, the quippy kind of. Yeah, they're going to gloss over that as yeah, the they franchise they moves on. They probably don't put that into, on the back of the Make boxes. him into an anti-hero. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's still got like um, little uh, knife, uh, like finger knives, isn't he? Well, that's still it, isn't pretty... it? That's, that's what people like. The finger knives, got the fedora, it's got the Dennis the Menace t-shirt, <laughs> got the pizza face. What's not to like? You got to remember just feels... anyone anyone listening who's young. You've got to remember that in the in the eighties, um, anything could be turned into a kids' cartoon. Anything could be turned into a kids' cartoon. Absolutely yeah. anything. Well, mind you, I seem to recall Jack Ripper Junior. didn't do that well. <laughs> yeah. so, it was on after Willie Fogg's Eighty Days Around the World, wasn't it? It was short lived. The Sweeney Todd babies. 
<laughs> I must confess, when I was like eight years old, I found that, you know, the murders were quite harrowing. <laughs> well, yeah, but we're, you know, they didn't they didn't shy away from showing us that kind of stuff back then. It's the reality of East, East London life, I suppose, in those days. Yeah, yeah in the 80s. <laughs> right. Well, we should probably get back on track, shouldn't we? Um, yeah, okay. So, I mean, I'll give you a bit of a sort of, sort of run down anyway so there's there's i mean there is a lot that was talking um i think what's really fascinating about this story with me actually chris so i mean basically there's there's stuff being thrown around there's kids making like noises um, or speaking in voices like something out of the exorcist um I want them. so so the little kid would actually speak with the voice of a, of a gruff man um all right look, when's dinner <laughs> <laughs> what are we having is for you- dinner mum at, at a number of voices, apparently, but uh, one of one of Janet's voices is called Bill. Um, yeah, that sounded it sounded a bit like um, yeah that, that that kind of thing. From the, I mean, I, there there was a, there is a recording actually you can see on YouTube. I sort of um, they came out as part of the um, that new conjuring thing. This is, you can watch a YouTube video which uh, shows you all of the. Um, but it, have you? Yeah, you've seen it. Could it? Could it's it, that kind of. Could it just be a child doing a voice? Yeah, eleven year old. It's quite, you know. It's. It, I think. I think. Yeah. At the end of the day, that's you know that that's that's. Almost, yeah. What well, could it be? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it could be. Right. I mean, so it's not like completely, completely a like it, it's still using a child. Oh, it's, it's just a voice. It's, it's kind of like you know much lower pitch than you know you know a, yeah. a young female voice would be. Obviously, so I used to rule the world. Right. I mean, when I was. Probably ten. I used to do a good impression of, and I've I'm sorry, I forget her name. The lead lead singer from M People. She had quite a deep voice. Oh yeah, I feel like it's Heather something. Yeah, it's Heather something. Yeah, you know. But I wasn't haunted, or was I? Don't know. Or were you? Don't know. Could be. No way. Could I find, be. No way to know. Is there? Did you um did you did you ever have things appearing and disappearing in your in your room? I don't like to talk about it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Do you have David Soul posters up on the walls? Of course. Yeah, that probably stopped. Of course, it was nineteen ninety two. We all did. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't get enough of uh, Starsky and Hutch. <laughs> was another interesting fact as well that um, you know, Gozer from Ghostbusters. Which one? That actually, yeah. Uh, so you've seen Ghostbusters, yes. the the bad, um, the lady in that's called Gozer the Destructor right. or something. Yeah, which apparently comes from the Enfield hauntings. Oh. So uh, yeah, um, old, they were doing uh, uh, a old Danny Aykroyd. He, yeah, he read he was, up on it. But he was all over it. He was well in his wheelhouse, I reckon. Yeah, apparently they had a séance at the house. Um, Dan Aykroyd did. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you bother to come over and do that. No, some some paranormal, some other paranormal discussions. Well, it sounds like, to be honest with you, they, they had loads of people tramping in and out of this place. Yes. So, yeah, the sort of place come around, and then this chap from the mirror sort of come around, and they were writing articles about it for the best part of a couple of years, by the sounds of it. Um, and they, he'd set up, like, kind of stop-motion cameras where they captured the pictures of them levitating. Yeah, it's not good jump, enough. Or jumping out the bed. Yeah, have a jump, and I'll take a picture. But then also, they like, they sort of like try and get them out of the house and then sort of, you know, see if anything was happening and have seances and things like that. They had a priest over, didn't they, as well, I believe? Uh, I, didn't, I don't think I've actually read about that. That that happened, I know, in the Amityville horror. No, there was, priest. according to the podcast I listened to, there was a priest involved. Oh, well, I, haven't seen, I haven't seen that um, mentioned anywhere. But, uh, yeah, so it's, uh, yeah. That's where Ghost from Ghostbusters comes from. Somebody was mentioned during a seance they were holding at the house, right. which is good. Um, but I think, you know, when you do, I mean, basically there was, what's, I think what's most interesting is the amount of people who did get wrapped up in this whole thing. So, you know, when you see with a lot of these things, there might be, you know, a couple of people got involved. Yeah. But the fact that there was, um, I mean, you national know, coverage. There was national coverage. It was in the national press. And then you had these sort of, um, investigators coming around and um, you know getting involved for so so that then they also attracted the attention as I mentioned before of our friends the Warrens who were cropped up in the Amityville house and they they were heavily featured in the um, in the movie version because you know of course they were 
Well, they probably but, did. They write a book about it, which the film was based on. I, I assume so. It's probably likely. I mean, according to the, what I've seen on here, though, they actually weren't that heavily involved. So it looks like much more. There was. Um, well, you know, the, this the, chap Warren's a very light touch when it comes to investigation. I'd, I'd say more efficient. Chris. <laughs> Just get, get in, get out, get the job done. Come, come in, right? Uh, yeah. I got, I got time fucking are about. You, are, you know, are you haunted? Are you haunted? Answer me. Right. Yes, I am. Right. Great. See you later, guys. I've got to get to the nice. typewriter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got to get to the publisher. <laughs> that, that's all the information I need. <laughs> Investigation concluded. But uh, yeah, so the, the main investigators have been this guy Leon Playfair. Um, it's a good name, isn't it? It's a great one, actually. Do you, I don't wonder if that's his birth name. Or Hello, sort of like, Leon you know. Blaver. <laughs> it does sound like a character that should be on Taste. Yeah. Taste of London or Taste of uh, Hollywood, whatever they're calling it now. Hi, Leon Playfair. Nice to meet you. Actor and <laughs> bon vivant and paranormal psychologist. <laughs> yes, I was involved in the film. Apparently, also, he... Um, I think it was the same guy. Let's, let's just double-check. So I'm, I'm flipping about between a few different things here. Uh, um, yeah, Morris Gross. Oh, no, it's the other chap. Sorry, not um, Gullion. There was the other uh, lead investigator, Morris Gross, invented the uh, rolling bus stop advertising. Right. There you go. Uh, did he... So again, par- paranormal psychologist, psychologist, whatever, or paranormal investigator, was in the Royal Artillery during the Second World War and, uh, and, and became an inventor and uh, invented the... Uh, do you the think, mechanism. Do you think that? Do you think that he got that from the spirit world? Do you think he used ghost power? Yeah, I think he might have used ghost power. Ghost, That's what no one tells you. All, all of our bus stops are haunted. <laughs> Capture a poltergeist, and you just pop it into <laughs> the <laughs> toilet roll, and it just it'll it'll move around the adverts at random. Well, that's the thing about guys, to be honest. He's cornered the market in these things. Nobody else can work out how they, how they work. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, they're like kind of retirees, aren't they, ghosts? They're kind of just looking for something to do. So, some If you them... just have them misdirected, then they're going to cause trouble. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, if you, you give, give them, them a sense of purpose, you give them a job. Yep. It's like, look, you know. Yeah, if you could move, move, those, uh, move those bus timings around, that'd be good. Yeah, lovely. You know, get much happier, you know, much more sense of... Well, this is why I've been been, uh, petitioning our local MPs to have a ghost-powered public transport system. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, they're in the pocket of uh, big oil slash big battery. So they're not interested, but you you can't make a profit off a ghost, can you? That's why we don't. Well, no, them. it's even though so they are you, yeah. they are one of the greenest energies. You know that, or as we've already established in the Star Cemetery um, uh, podcast, you know that, or you know, hellbound energy is an alternative resource. You know, yeah, that's there, what they use. Um, that's what they use in Iceland, isn't it? Yeah, almost certainly. They use ninety-nine percent hell energy. Ninety-nine percent, yeah, from the volcanoes. Energy. Hey, if it works for them, it does. They are actually, they're, they're completely green because they just use hydrothermal. They don't use anything else. That's the only energy they use. And they've got loads of it. And the problem, they could export it to the rest of Europe, but there's an issue getting it down the cables without it all disappearing. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, it's quite a small population, isn't it? But yeah. Well, and also it's just one big fucking volcano. <laughs> so they've got yeah. loads of hydrothermal. Yeah, so so basically, yeah, that, that's your antics. There's, there's levitations, there's furniture moving around all over the shop, and there's um, the little girl, there was uh, various spirits speaking through her. So there's a bit of demonic possession going on. Again, I don't know if that's consistent with demonology. There were some deaths during the case as well. Oh, so, um, well, <laughs> we don't know, but apparently, you know, Two days before Christmas in 78, the family woke up to find that the two pet goldfish had mysteriously died during the night. Goldfish. No, um, and no, the goldfish spirit of definitely. Bill speaking through Janet. <laughs> exactly. So goldfish, pretty much that's what they do. They swim around in circles for about six well, months. Well, you can keep a goldfish carpet. going for a while, but, I mean, not if it's 
normally if it's one that you got from a carnival or a fun fair, then they're normally don't last very long. Probably not that healthy. If no. Well, they used, they used to give them away in like plastic bags. Yeah, I, yeah, I, had, um, I had three goldfish from a fun fair and I managed to, to keep, keep goldfish going healthy. for a, a few years. Yeah, they were yeah, all right. A nice big aerated tank, I would imagine, to get them. Healthy lifestyle, um, and their pet budgie passed as well. But but Bill didn't take responsibility this time. The uh, spirit who was haunting them. Um, so yeah, so you, yeah. So he took responsibility for the goldfish. Yeah, he claimed responsibility for the goldfish. Apparently, he electrocuted the fish with spirit energy. Right, very much like an electric eel. I would imagine. <laughs> Fair enough. I, mean, I don't know if he had to manifest into one of the goldfish, to, or just you know. Well, or he, yeah, or he became he became water, maybe. I don't know because the thing is, again, like, spirit energy. We could tap that. The, well, exactly. You know, use it for good, not ill. That should be a cornerstone of our um, of our energy, future energy plan. But no one wants to listen. Well, that's the Tories for you. Won't listen to using ghosts where's, to run buses. Where's, where's, the, where's the profit? In it? Exactly. It's no profit, no interest. Um. The, the poltergeists in this particular poltergeist in their powers seem sort of a lot more far reaching than I understood that poltergeists had. So the possession that's that's different. Like I say, I spirit killing electrocuting fish with spirit energy. That's a that's a new one on me. Yeah. Um well, maybe there was more than just a poet guy going. Well, as I say, I Dragon. don't know how strictly these things, Could, you know. Yeah. You know, I maybe mean, it's just a catch all for any act, yeah. active ghost. If something's any, moved any, around, any, we, any we can upgrade you to a poltergeist. Doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have dead goldfish, but I wouldn't rule it out. <laughs> you know, <laughs> when you're at when you're at the the ghost desk. Yeah, <laughs> I'd like a ghost, please. Well. All right, well, we could upgrade you to... Why do you want the ghost? Yeah. Um, run my car. All right, uh, we could upgrade you to a poltergeist. Do you have any fish? Yeah. I wouldn't put any budgies or goldfish in the We will not accept any liability to yeah. small pets being killed by spirit energy. Sign here. So you've... you've so you basically... So, I mean, we've gone through kind of like quite a lot of... That, that sort of come through and actually you, you, you watch the the video um that came out with the, the country maybe in 2016 the, the chap who was the reporter from the daily mirror seems to you know so the girls are still claiming it was a genuine haunting mm. um and the uh the reporter definitely thinks there's something behind it um and and obviously the, the warrens well I, I think ed warren said it makes the amateurville Horror house looked like a playhouse or something. Actually, was quite well. I mean, I mean, no one in Enfield got a gun and killed all their family. And I, I, and to be honest, I would be hard pushed to say anywhere where someone had killed all their family is a playhouse. Personally, yeah. I mean, that's that's a that's. There's certainly a, a higher body count, you know. Yeah, I mean, what an entire yeah, family so versus a budgie and two goldfish, then that's it's certainly, yeah. I mean, I guess what he's talking about is the amount of activity, yes, yeah, the amount of documented activity that actually because it wasn't actually that much. <laughs> I think it's horrible. Um, someone uh looked like an old lady, uh, beds banged about a bit, didn't they? There was there was a bit of levitating. There was some banging around. There was, but yeah, they, there was, they, there was they, a, a, a mysterious goo coming off the mantelpiece. Oh yeah, but I believe there was. We've seen, we've seen no manifestations of ectoplasm here. No. So Lego and slippers have been been thrown around the room. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we've not seen any ectoplasm. So so the, the lead investigator. I mean, and I believe actually his daughter was called Janet and had died. Um, so that might have like, uh, Guy Leon Playfair. I've read that somewhere that um, you know he was affected by the. So I think I think what's interesting here is kind of like how much the people behind it actually believe themselves because um, they did actually catch out um, the little girl 
sort of playing some of these pranks. Right. So the video camera <laughs> in the next room next door <laughs> caught her bending spoons and attempted to bend an iron bar. Maybe and, she'd been um, watching Yuri Geller. Maybe. So he was getting her to he, he had that he bent that spoon through her. Yeah. Um it's good like that. And yeah, one of the lead investigators had observed her banging a broom handle on the ceiling and hiding his tape recorder. <laughs> um According to Playfair, one of Janet's voices she called Bill displayed a habit of suddenly changing the topic, a habit that Janet also had. Um, like all kids. Yeah, and and kind of like, but, the, but then he seems to sort of like almost infer that this this this, this is actually even more evidence that, that they probably didn't do anything. Because, um, you know, he's thinking, well, like, the spirit would act like her because it's using her as a channel oh, for, yeah. for possession or what have you. So there yeah. you go. Um because they, they also admitted pranking to journalists and um, the lead investigators then compelled the girls to retract their confession. Um, so, uh, and other people were were less less convinced by some of these things. So alongside all of these other people that turned up, an American magician called Milbourne Christopher, who oh, came out to do an investigation, and he concluded that the poltergeist was nothing more than the antics of a little girl who wanted to cause trouble and was very, very clever. Um, and the ventriloquist Ray Allen... <laughs> visited the house and included the giant's mail. <laughs> what, what business do you have here, ventriloquists? Ventriloquists? Well, this is what what business is this of yours? <laughs> and all yours, sir. I'm a ventriloquist. <laughs> well, because obviously he'd heard about the voices, so he was, he, was, he was there to assess whether or not, you know, the girl was just throwing her voice or something, I suppose. I mean, it does sound like an absolute, you know, mob I of people. I want to know just... what he had. <laughs> and if he brought it. <laughs> <laughs> would you, yeah, do, you reckon, do you reckon he talks through it was like a bear that uses really blue language <laughs> dressed yeah. as a sailor and he wouldn't he wouldn't talk to you directly no. and he took well apparently he was he was associated primarily with the dummies lord charles and ali cat oh, later with the puppets titch and quackers oh, yeah lord charles he's famous no lord charles that's a famous ventriloquist. That's probably... Lord Charles was the first ventriloquist dummy to have his own personal microphone. Right. But Lord Charles, I remember about Lord Charles. That's one of the more famous of the ventriloquist acts in the UK. I do recall there was, there was like... I do recall from a while back there was a a puppet that had like a little monocle. And yeah, I don't know that's if that's Lord Charles. Lord Charles. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so he was, he was quite a famous ventriloquist then. I retract my statement. Yeah. Well, there you go. So, or just some bloke, but just you, some bloke who like did pubs through the magic circle, just, just, just went around full pubs. of fucking magicians and stuff, all crawling around. Yeah, it'd be pretty creepy. Wouldn't it? But yeah, they had magicians around, they had ventriloquists around. But he, he concluded that Janet's male voices were simply vocal pricks. Mm. Um, you know, and other 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 people have come along and other you know. Examine the findings of paranormal investigators and criticize them for being overly credulous. Um, I mean, I think you know they, they mentioned, as you say, you know, I think the levitation thing just looks like she's bouncing. I think off the a bed. sticking yeah. point for me when it comes to believing it is the fact that the girl was seen doing the stuff, right? She was caught out doing it, yeah. and also she admitted it. I think, and then was asked to retract it by someone who I assume was enjoying the limelight at the time. But, well, this is this is what's quite interesting about this because it um, they've they've since said so they interviewed them like a few years back when this film came out, and they've said that about two percent of it was them mucking around, but the rest was doing. Yeah, but, and she, I mean, like, what kind she of quite upset and then claimed, well, you know, how 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 would an eleven year old kid be able to fake all of this stuff? Well, now, but. What's interesting to me is how much moving around is the weird one for me. Like you can do a voice and you can bounce on your bed and act and and say that you're hearing stuff, but furniture moving around's the the odd one for me. Yeah, and how much of that actually happened um, without with people being in the room and things like that? I don't know. So some of it could be them sort of pushing things around. Well, you would think. I mean, the Um, police officer said they actually saw it happening. So. Yeah, it tended to only act when it was not being watched. <laughs> so the thing, this, this things where, this things where, like for example, they say, oh, this this slipper was, was sitting over on that shelf, and now it's thrown over there. But you know, the little girl was nowhere near the shelf. As people pointed out, well, you probably weren't paying attention. <laughs> Someone might have just nabbed it and then thrown it from the other side of the room. You know, so you. It's really handy there. Sort of, uh, oh yeah, it doesn't like being watched. <laughs> 
come back in half an hour yeah, and I reckon some spooking will have happened. <laughs> but the, the interesting thing to me is, because, yeah, I'm not really buying into the notion that there is a genuine haunting mm. going on, but well, the interesting thing to me is how table. much they actually... <laughs> is how much they actually bought into it themselves. Because, yeah... Um, yeah well, I think... She, she was, she I was, think sort of, like, saying now, no, it did happen, no, it was real, and that kind of stuff, like, A because you don't want to admit that you're a fucking liar as a kid, well, and yeah. B, because presumably you're getting a cut from the films and that kind of stuff. Well, that that isn't clear as, as to whether or not they're... they're well, um, it's their story, so you they know, have there's, to, presumably. There's a certain amount I can believe that they're kind of like, you know, their parents have gone through a messy divorce. Yeah, it's, you attention, know, it's probably attention seeking. It's probably extremely... Um, Upset in time, and whether or not they even managed to sort of convince themselves that they were. Well, it's the going problem, you know, if you, you know. do, if you tell yourself a lie enough, then it can become the truth in your mind. Do you know what I mean? Like it, you know, you can create yeah, your own you know, absolutely. Memory. Well, they might have started thinking they were seeing some things, and then you know, put put some other things together, and then as they started getting more attention, started you know, well, doing and more also because they, they did, they get to the point where people were seeing things in the windows and stuff like this, but a lot of people attribute that down to just kind of. Um, you know, psychologically, if you're yeah. primed to think that something you're going to see something, you will, you, you will see things. And they, they think as well, and there could have been things like, um, what do they call it, sleep paralysis yeah. or things like that, where they did feel that there was genuine things. Well, again, the interesting thing to me is how much you choose to, you know, believe what what you're told by by the various parties. And I could buy actually that they they you know that, that this these investigators did believe something was genuinely happening, and I could even potentially believe that the kids well, also you know, did think something was going on, but then started playing stress, up to it. I it's mean, a certainly. stressful time as well for kids, you know, a divorce and that kind of stuff. And sometimes kids can, in under those kind of circumstances, build a bit of build a bit of a, a kind of imaginary world to live in because it's because it's a way of escaping what is quite a stressful and horrible situation to be living through. Yeah, that, that's what I've made my mind up about. I don't, you don't, I don't know if know. it's just full bullshit or if they were just emotionally... Exactly. I don't know if it's just somebody with, who's really, really kind of like won't won't actually admit what happened. Because as you say, I think the other thing is... I mean, the thing is, I don't, there's not a strong... Yeah, you wouldn't want to admit that you've made it all up if when you were a kid. But I think... Thirty years hence, you might, and, and with a mother having passed away, you need probably think. Actually, well, you don't know though because people, people are different, aren't they? People, you know, some people just can't can't admit to, you know, having done anything wrong ever. Like people, you know, you would think you or I would be fine with it, but not everyone, you know, is is comfortable in. I don't know. Essentially, you're kind of. You're, you're showing vulnerability, aren't you, really, by saying that I was having a hard yeah, time I mean, as a kid and I did make this stuff up. And also then, you know, you'd be worried that then the people in the press would be going, oh, look at these, you know, waste all our time. Right? Then they'd get another news cycle out of it, taking you down and that kind of stuff. Because you know what the press is like. Oh, if it, if it, but, but years hence and the fact that you're yeah, alive at the time, I, mean, I think the they'd, be, press they'd, press. They'd, they'd be struggling to really turn, you know, to, yeah, I mean, I mean, and the thing is as well, you can't, I mean, I don't know. Like I say, I, I could actually, I could, I could believe that they believe there yeah. was something happening. Do you know what I mean? And then when people started paying more and more attention to it, they started sort of ramping it up themselves. Cause, cause I could see things like, you know, having things like sleep paralysis yeah. or, or, or various, there's various phenomena you can have and then thinking that and then thinking that there was some genuine things. Cause I don't know that, or, or they're extreme liars, you know. Because I think this is the other thing is most of it seemed to be happening around Janet, but there was stuff from the other. So that, there's various other things, like for example, when the girls weren't in the house, nothing was happening. So they they had other people stay around when they weren't there, and then nothing had happened. And then when they split them up, stuff was happening in two places mm. at once. So you kind of think, mm, okay, that's that's a bit suspicious, and possibly as well, it was a bit of a dynamic between yeah. the two young kids. They were playing a bit of a game, but again, I, I'm open-minded to the fact that they may have actually kind of bought almost, into it themselves. You know, believed something was happening, bought into it themselves. Yeah, thought that something was happening, but they were sort of making making it look well, more extreme. Them, to I sort mean, of, even uh, I don't know if you can do it, if you can do it now, but um, like as a 39 year old, I'm not sure you can do it, but you can certainly make yourself very scared, like at night, like if it's dark and it's at night. 
if you choose to go down that mental avenue, then you can make yourself scared. Or if you kind of if you've had a nightmare, then you can be a bit scared to get up and go to the toilet or whatever. Or you need to kind of click. You need to click yeah. out of it. Do you know what I mean? Like, and that's even as an adult. So. There's a non non rational part of your brain that's very and especially especially at like, night you know. because obviously that's evolution wise. Yeah. You know, that's a sense of sensible. Well, you're thing you're to have vulnerable here because we're not as good yeah. as predators. Yeah. Predators are seeing at night. Yeah, you, your your sight's mm. diminished. You're you're vulnerable. You're not. You know, your your consciousness is not fully awake. So, yeah, you're you're kind of like you're primed to sort of like see things that may may or may not be there. But uh, yeah, and no, I reckon that's what because the thing is, you've got like there's various reports from. I mean, certainly what what it is is you know all of the neighbours and the press and everyone else. Absolutely, making this stuff up. I can I can buy that people have convinced themselves that um, there is something going on, you know, through confirmation bias and various other bits and pieces. And the fact, you know, what I don't know, what isn't clear, is how much financial incentive yeah. there is. Because I'm not entirely sure they did actually make money out of it. Because they didn't write books themselves. To, they didn't. I mean, obviously, with the, the amateur money. Got, have to, have to yeah, get there's no. There's, I mean, I'm not saying that. There's no clear evidence that they did actually get any kind of like financial, and they've not. They, you know, they've come back a couple of times in the forty years since, but they've they've not sort of been too keen to to be in the sort of public eye, if you know what I mean. So I think you know when this film came out, that was probably quite flattering being invited by a film studio. But to be honest, if I'm a film studio, I'm probably not going to pay them that much money. Cause I'm, you know, it'd probably be, you know, just just getting them to meet some st- stars and sort of. Go back and see their old home and yeah, see a film. Yeah, just beat, make it up, and, you know, and just have it ba- like loosely based on it, but not close enough that you have to pay any royalties. I guess the only reason why it would be advantageous for a studio to get them involved is that it adds some credibility and could be good for marketing of the film. Yeah, and they did have involved marketing, but again, as as to whether or not they were paid for, who knows? But um, you would have thought so. Yeah, but uh, well, yeah, the studio's not going to. I'm not going to make that obvious or admit it because they obviously they're playing yeah. up very much that well it could all be true. And you look at the clip, they do lean heavily on the well, you know, we're kick- well, actually. I mean, they lean more than heavily on the fact that it, oh, it's almost probably could be true. Um, <laughs> almost could have yeah. been, could it be? Rather than the kind of you never know. Yeah. So I mean, I haven't seen I haven't seen this movie no, actually. I, I saw the, the the other one and it was it was all right actually. But um, so yeah, I, is I there any? Theories as to are there any like you know why why this ghost turned up? Why you know what's what's it about? Is it a demon? Like anything other than that's yeah, a poltergeist? Because I think there's I seem to remember there's something about poltergeists tend to or don't um, disproportionately affect sort of young girls yeah i think it's it supposedly the more emotional and the more sort of traumatic a time that someone's having i believe it's supposed to be that's attractive to poltergeist i've been haunted up a few I times for the last few years now <laughs> yeah again i don't know i don't know how strict the rules are in these in these cases or how much evidence they have but are there any kind of, of you know what podcast does any doesn't outlandish do. theories I hadn't kind of really, no, I hadn't seen much in terms of why the whole thing was happening. I mean, people just seemed to quite happy to put it down to, I mean, the Warrens went with the usual demonic mm. possession thing that they seemed what, to boy, come out with. Warrens. I'm not quite sure why. Um, I'm not quite sure, but, but there's no real, um, so I think it's just a, a, an element, I guess, with this is trying to see if they, um, you know, if they can document what's actually happening and whether it's, believable or not but um makes you question the police doesn't it well i mean to be honest with you i get the impression because the, the, the thing is the police thing is but up because it's a piece of evidence that on the face of it sort of yeah. adds credence to the whole story but pretty much as far as i can say they turned up had a look around the house and they then left, they didn't come back again. move well yeah no it's on record that a chair moved but i couldn't i couldn't establish why you know what caused it to move so they weren't saying a chair moved and it was definitely mm. a poltergeist. They said that a chair moved and they couldn't establish what, what had moved it. So so for all you know, someone could have kicked it across the room. <laughs> do you know what what, and they couldn't establish that. Like, yeah. ooh, I don't know what's happening. Well, no, but do you know what I mean? I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I don't want to, I I don't want to I, um, speculate. 
couldn't it looked like the person kicked it across the room but i couldn't establish if the foot had actually made contact or if it had flown away the child was rubbing their shit <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't i couldn't i couldn't i couldn't conclusively tell if that had made it move or whether the chair had moved a microsecond before the to to avoid being kicked i couldn't tell I work on empirical evidence as an officer of the Metropolitan Police, and I couldn't couldn't in all good conscience say that that chair was definitely kicked, or if the chair had moved to avoid being kicked a split second before the foot hit it. But I think again, if you just come round on something which you like, you're, you know, you're going to be completely sceptical about. But then you've got some like terrified single mum who's really upset. She's like, you know, probably quite defensive with her kids. Because even the mum was kind of like, you're not doing this, are you, with the kid? And the kid was no. sort of insisting they weren't. And it, you know, <laughs> except, except for a little bit that they, it they, could have been like something did. out of um, like the Beano or something where like the, they'd just tied like some light coloured string around the chair and like pulled it over so you couldn't see the string. Do you know what I mean? No, they just they they dressed up the buttery girl on the chair. <laughs> just... Oh, this is hello, hello. This is quite a small chair you have here. Unfortunately, the strain on its poor heart. You know that's what did for it a few months later. So At this point, the, the chair grew wings, started started flying around the room, and ended up landing on a cuttlefish. And, you know, you know one oh, one end. But I one leg of the I chair was, was uh, there was some fishing line tied to it, and that was tied to a goldfish that was dragging it around. Because the thing is, you what you see the clip from the film, and it literally like this chair goes like you know yeah. shooting miles across the room, and then at right angles into another room, which is clearly not what mm. what happened. It moved like uh, half meters. Speculate so. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, the thing is, you, it could be just something fortuitous that at the same time, do you know what I mean? Because I remember I was watching some programme, they were talking about, it's, I don't know, it's out, I quite fancy watching this, but it's, it's called something like Paranormal Investigations Lovely. or whatever, and, and they have all these people who come into a medium that comes in, and they're like, oh, I sense the dark energy have, and all this. Does it do loads and then they of have, the filming in night, in the night mode on the camera? Yeah, they come Lovely. and they do all of that. They do all of that. And then they just get in this geezer who's like a bit of a builder or building surveyor, and he goes... Right, what we've got here is that's that's a, a poorly cantilevered door there, so that's going to cause creaks. <laughs> he just comes in and debunks the whole thing in the most boring fashion possible. Hello? He's like, yeah, what you've got here is this is going to cast a shadow. And actually, I'm, I'm doing that voice, yeah. but no, he's, he just he just seemed like a kind of like tired of the bullshit guy. He's, he's, he's quite uh, funny because he's just showing clips right, of him. And apparently he just comes around at the last 10 minutes to wrap this. it up. And like, right, yes, yeah, so like you haven't ordered those hinges for about 20 years, so that's loose, where you're getting squeaking from, and that's what it's coming here. up then. Yep. This needs planing. Let me plane that for you. There you go. That's not going to open anymore. Um, right, your boiler needs fixing there. So that's what's causing this. Those kind of rattling yeah. of the pipes. They just come to you some need to stuff. radiators. Yes. Yeah. yeah. When was the last time done any basic maintenance? You've got, you've got squirrels yeah, in the loft. <laughs> I love that because I love how that can how that premise can survive for more than one yeah. episode. Do you know what I mean? It's like the medium comes in and it's like, oh, one feet dark energy. <laughs> this is the surveyor just comes in and goes, not so much. Wow. But yeah. It's, ta- it's taking all the magic out of the world now. That's the problem with surveyors. A little bit. <laughs> but I didn't, didn't get into charts of A into <laughs> get to the field of parapsychology. But it's where life takes you sometimes. I wonder where he stumbled into that gig as well. He's probably just doing some work around one of the producers' houses or something. Yeah. They just like yeah. the cut of his gym. I'll bring it. <laughs> See how long people start watching this nonsense. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Oi, oi, oi. Anyway, yeah, so, I mean, like I say, there's... But but I think, yeah, sort of reiterating, what's really interesting is how many people actually did get involved in this whole thing. Normally with these kind of things, you know, there'll be a couple of discreet appearances and then somebody will write a book and try and make some money out of it. But, but actually, you know... Like they've got really into it. Yeah, there was an awful lot of people that did sort of come through, so from sort of tabloid press through to, um, you know, I mean, I say the whole police thing. I mean, we only had three channels back then, then so... Well, this is true. To do. Yeah. And it, you know, uh, probably, a, you know, the minor strikes were on, something like that. You know, you need a bit of a 
something a bit. Yeah, I don't know if he was still having a three day week or anything. Yeah, you know, and was probably rolling blackouts. So, you know, um, it was a nation. It was a nation ripe for distraction, perhaps. Well, seventy nine, it all stops. Thatcher well, came that's in, why, isn't it? and uh, she got, got 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 rid of all of that poltergeist shenanigans. Going right, you can, you can get in a bus stop and start turning around the uh, advertising. You can make yourself useful. <laughs> There's no such thing as going. None of this wet nonsense on my watch. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, well, that that is that is one thing which I will say about it's workers, not shirkers, in the undead community. <laughs> just... It's because you pass into the great unknown. Don't think you, don't think you can just leech yeah, up the Yeah, I mean, state. it was before Thatcher came in. It was the, the the poltergeist issue was becoming an increasing problem for. Um, pro, I mean, say what you for, like for about productivity it, across the country, wasn't it? Because you know, couldn't machines were constantly being haunted, that kind of thing. And then she came in, you know, sat down with the head poltergeist, Stop all that told him to sling his hook. <laughs> Get get in the bus stops, and you know the ladies are not for haunting. <laughs> and on that note, Neil, shall we go through our scoring system? Yes, I think so. You Neil, I'll let you go first for spookiness. Spookiness. Um, there's bits and pieces. It's not. I mean, there's bits and pieces that are kind of spooky here. So, um, but. Generally, there this doesn't seem to have been a lot of harm occasion to anyone who was involved. So, but this is going to be a massively hard. I mean, you know, the, the idea of kind of like the kids being possessed and putting on the ro- ro- ro voices, maybe, you know, the, the exorcist thing. Maybe that's maybe they're just doing like, like the cookie cookie monster vocal style from thrash metal. Ro- 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 ro. Yeah, just really early kind of yeah. grindcore experimenters. <laughs> um, that's why kicking chairs around. <laughs> Electrocuting goldfish. Yeah. It was all a really elaborate art act. They should have gone to Berlin and gone on tour. It would be great. That's what, you know, we found ourselves. If only, if only they'd known. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not... I suppose, uh, you know, I can I can imagine, actually, if you were living in that house, and you, especially I could sort of think, that, you know, the poor mother probably, you know, you would start questioning these things. And I think, although, you know, you wouldn't want to start disbelieving your kids, especially happening over such a long period of time. And I think when she did, she started to welcome in the more kind of like... Um, the fuck as long as she four kids, divorce? No, no, exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. trying to look after them and make money at the same time. And I think, you know, that it was probably was a really, really hard situation. I imagine, you know, in that sort of case, it's kind of... I don't know if spooky is exactly the right word, this, um, but it, it would be, I think, quite a terrifying situation you found there where, you, you know... Either, you know, your 11-year-old and your other 30-year-old kid are playing up so much that they're sort of making all this stuff up or there is something genuinely happening. And I think you would want to think that about your kids. So it's, it's kind of like, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's um, I think if you were there and stuff like that, I think that, that, that side of it I've got a lot of sympathy for. And, you know, kids might well have convinced themselves um, that this was all sort of occurring. They might have been, as I say, things like sleep paralysis and stuff that happened early on that convinced them. And then they started playing up to it a little bit when um, adults started getting involved. I don't know. Um, so yeah, I, I think, you know, and, and my tone as well to sort of how many people can, you know, adults can come in and tie onto this stuff and give it kind of, um, you know, uh, a, a meaning is kind of like a little bit, bit spooky in its own way. But, um, I, I'm going to get, yeah, I'm going to get in the middle on this one. I think we could give it a, a five. It's certainly, uh, inspired a lot of other spooky so, storytelling. I mean, it's good that there was no one being harmed. Uh, I'm kind of thinking, like, if you were, if you were kind of in the UK at the time, and you're kind of getting daily reports of this happening as it's happening, like in the paper. So it's kind of like in real time you're hearing about this. It's not like some story from the past. I think that'd be, you know, and I think that'd be pretty spooky if you're reading about this, you know, and you believe your newspaper and. They're telling you all this stuff that's happening. I reckon it'd put the willies up you. Um, yeah, I think you know it'd be it'd be you know it'd be scary for the mum. Um, yeah, I'm gonna give it you know, and it's you know it's kind of otherworldly thing moving stuff around. What does it want? I don't know, I'm gonna give it a seven for spookiness. Mm. Uh, so believability. Um, 
Well, I think a lot of it can be put down to, for whatever reason, the kids acting out. And, you know, the, I mean, we've discussed the reasons why that's a very understandable thing to do under the circumstances. Uh, I probably think that they, it started out as mucking about, but then they got caught up in it and believed it themselves. Um, the stuff about the police seeing the chair move and that kind of stuff, that's, that's weird. Um, although we don't have enough details. Um, I mean, you know, in all honesty, I don't personally believe in ghosts full stop, but uh, I'm going to think about this as kind of the story's believability. And, you know, it's got more than most. So, uh, you know, and there's lots about it and it was reported and, you know, various ventriloquists came in and and ran, ran the rule over it. Yeah, magicians... Um, you know, butchers. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah, give it a believability of seven one. again. Neil, yeah, I think it's a similar one as well. And it's, you know, when we talk about believability, it's not necessarily whether you believe it yourself. So, like you, I don't believe in poltergeists or hauntings, particularly, well, at all. But um, I mean, you know, who knows? Um, but uh, but you know, personally speaking, but uh, I think in terms of um, you know, how believable the sort of things were. You know, it's quite astonishing to think how many people mm. came in and got involved. It just, just seemed like loads of people getting involved. So I don't know about sort of daily reports from the press, but certainly the Daily Mirror kept up with it for a couple of years. And a lot of people who were involved and investigated were, were sceptical, obviously, and sort of, de- you know, debunked it. But the, <clears throat> there's still enough juice in it that, you know, people can go away and believe if they want to believe. Um, <clears throat> you know, and, and it, you know, it was, it was enough to get you know, people around from 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 America coming across over to a sort of a council estate in London. So, yeah, it, it obviously sort of like um, intrigued people to the extent that you know it could be it could be true. So I think like yeah, yeah, I'm going to go with a with okay. a seven. Uh, Neil Reach. Again, I think it's got to be a pretty high one um, for me on this. So, you know, it's quite interesting to me. It's something that's happened in somewhere that sort of seems quite um, ordinary and suburban for us. Um, you know been all around the world so it's been a, a bbc series it's um it's been made into a movie and um you know i think it's i you know it'd be quite interesting to see a case as somebody sort of like yeah it's it's definitely you know it's definitely been been quite far around the world i think it's it's had a lot of interest and attraction for various people and uh, it's been a lot of different sources so yeah i'm gonna give it i'll give one an eight uh yeah, I think it's got a lot of reach. It's got, you know, TV series. I mean, if you think about some of the ones, you know, they might be on an episode of Supernatural or something, and that gives them a point. But, I mean, this has got films, books, TV series. It's all over the internet. It was reported all in the... I mean, everyone in the 1978 or whatever probably would have known about it in England, you would think, and it seems to have gone across to America at least um, yeah I mean not much to say I'm going with an 8 as well yep. yeah you think it's like dramas yeah. rather than just like a knockoff monster so, week episode narrative um, premise so um, you know there's not much narrative there really um, but you know the premise I mean I don't know how big poltergeistings were when this happened um, I mean, I'm sure they've been around for hundreds and th- not hundreds of years, really. But this seems like a, a you know, it certainly ca- what I'd say is it certainly captured the nation's imagination, and um, you know, it's got the normal. It's got you've got your standard poltergeisting, right? But then you've got stuff like, you know, you've got your add-ons like the electric spirits yes. energy. Um, the uh, killing goldfish levitation. Levitations. Well, that that's fairly standard. Um, you know, so it's got it's got bits and bobs, and it went on for a long time. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm going to go for a six for narrative premise, Neil. 
Yeah, I think I'm going to go a little bit higher just because, I mean, the one thing I'd say is that it's, um, you know, it's been made into a BBC drama and a, um, as you say, there's a series of podcasts and there was um, a film. Now, obviously, they're taking various liberties and embellishments with these things, you would imagine. Um, but no, I think I think what gives it quite an interesting sort of case is just the, the notion as to, um, you know, what's caused the whole thing. I mean, whatever you think about what might have happened, it's it's an unusual and quite an interesting thing to, you know, you could imagine it just be like some sort of very intelligent kids making up some sort of stories or or starting to believe into it themselves. I just think the the fact that it captured so many people's imaginations and in quite an ordinary sort of area, I mean, it, the obvious thing you'd do if you were writing this is like a horror movie, you'd shove it in some like, you know, lonely house out on the moors that was that was haunted and then people go out. So the fact that it was such a sub- suburban sort of, you know, terrace house and all the rest of it. Yeah, exactly. It's a bit, I don't know if you've ever seen Kill List. Oh, I've been yeah, haunted again you know, last um, night. Good mixture of horror <laughs> and kind of, yeah, kitchen sink drama and horror. So that, that you know, that that's quite a, quite a good sort of um, level for me. So, yeah, I'm going to, and, and the, you know, it's the very fact that it has been turned into so many different sort of like forms of uh, work and sort of like proper like series and things like this. So I'll give it a and seven. that gives us an overall score of a very respectable 55 out of a possible Ooh. 80 um, using our... Uh, now patented uh, scoring matrix system. Does it run on Podcast Energy? Can't say. Podcast algorithm may or may not be involved somewhere. Um, so that's uh, that's this week's episode. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed hearing about that, and uh, I hope you. I'm not sure when this is going out, but I hope you've all had a good Christmas and New Year. And uh, yes, we will be back next week with another urban legend. Goodbye. Goodbye.